Hello, and welcome back to the Embody Your Brand podcast. How are you doing this week? How is everything in life and your business and your brand? I hope it's going well. I've had such a great week. And this interview that I'm about to share with you is one of the reasons why this week was just oh, such a highlight for me. I don't know. Do you ever have those weeks where you're just like, wow, like when you look back on them, you're like, that was really great. Let's do that again next week. <laughs> That's how I feel today. And it's because I had the chance to interview video expert Beth Klepper. Beth and I met earlier this year. We both joined a similar online program together. We found each other and every conversation that we've had since we both realized, oh, wow, we're in creative industries I've just been so fun and I knew that I needed to have her on the podcast to share her story as well as share her insight and her wisdom on all things video. And I mean it when I say it, Beth is an expert in this. It's interesting. She told me she started creating videos when she was in kindergarten and Ever since then, she knew that that was her life calling, and she'll share more of her story in the podcast, but to give a little bit more context and background on her before I introduce her to you and and replay our interview together, she runs a company called Mainstream Video Production, and she's worked with more than 130 organizations, businesses, and has created more than 2,000 videos, so like I said, she really knows her stuff. They work with service-based businesses and help them increase their revenue, save hours, and tell their stories through video. And if you're anyone like me who is always trying to learn how to increase the effectiveness of my marketing, get more clients, make a bigger impact, and honestly just amplify what I'm here to share then this episode is for you. And I'm so excited to have Beth on and to share all of her knowledge with us today. So with that said, please give a big warm welcome to our lovely guest, Beth Klepper. Welcome to the Embody Your Brand podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Christensen, a brand strategist and creative director that helps service providers build high-touch brands that embody your mission, call in your dream clients, and amplify the impact you're here to make. From running a brand design studio to leading the creative team of an eight-figure startup, I've spent my entire career learning how to craft successful brands from the inside out. And now I'm here to share everything you need to know to build an in-demand brand. From strategic branding tips to powerful mindset shifts, to conversations with guest experts. It's my intention to empower you with the most holistic resources and perspectives on branding so that you can build one that truly lasts. So let's dive in to the Embody Your Brand podcast. Hello, Beth. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I've been listening in preparation and I just feel like you guys are having some really great conversations around this topic and I'm excited to be part of it. Yay! Oh, that's awesome. It's great. You have some good context. We can just jump right in then. You have a great voice for like the radio, by the way. I'm just like soothed by it. So that's a sidebar. (laughs) Thank you. What a compliment. I appreciate it. So Let's dive in. I feel like we should just start off right away because you have a pretty interesting story and background. And I would love for you just to start off with sharing your experience, starting the business that you have, maybe tell the audience what you do and what has gotten you to this point in your career. Okay, perfect. I'll start at the end and then jump to the beginning. So I have founded Mainstream Video Production. We've been in business. It'll be 10 years in June. And we help businesses use video to help whatever their business goals are. So most of our customers are B2B service-based, although we've done all kinds of different kinds of videos. That's the sweet spot, mostly because that's what I am as a service-based B2B business owner. So I really speak that language. I understand what they're dealing with in terms of marketing budgets and I know that customer very well and what their, you know, worries are about video, et cetera. So we help people. We do social media videos, website videos. Really, I say any way that you're communicating online, video should be a part of that because it's just gasoline on that strategy. So that's kind of our our shtick. 
that goes back to, I started the business, I had been working in television for eight years. So I was a producer and, you know, making videos and producers, you know, for people that don't know, that's kind of a term that can mean a lot of things in the production world. When I worked at the television network and kind of how we think about it at mainstream, it is the general contractor of a production. So there's kind of, I don't want to get too much into this because I'm, I'm tangenting already, but there's, you know, shooters and videographers and, and people that will shoot everything and edit everything and even sometimes write things. And they're kind of a one-man band. And then you have more of a full service production where you're contracting all of that out and the producer works as the general contractor to wrangle everybody together. So that's what I did at my television career. I was a writer and, you know, working as, as the person managing the crews. And that is basically the approach we take for our video projects now. So worked in television as a producer. Before that, I went to school for film. So I've always been really interested in film and video. I'm compelled by it. I'm interested in it. I would watch movies and still to this day watch movies and TV shows that stick with me for weeks and months. And and I think it's just a really powerful medium. So I always knew it was going to be my life's work. And then it's just evolved throughout the years to working at a network and now running a company where we do that for businesses. That's amazing. And I can tell that you you just have that creative spirit. Thank you. you, you know, <laughs> I'd like to just, think so. Especially from, no, especially starting as a writer and then moving into something more visual, which is interesting because I've always kind of had that visual background in my career. And oftentimes, like I studied advertising, oftentimes like copywriting and art direction or anything, you know, visually creative are separated. Mm. So it's cool to me how that's kind of like flowed in your career a little bit. What's interesting is that's actually why it's called mainstream video production. So when I was in grad school, I've always had like a really like uh, my my grad school buddy used to call me a practical philosopher because everything like definitely love art, definitely love the creative piece of it. But I'm also just like wildly practical. Like how can we use it? How do we get, you know, so so my master's degree, I studied audiences, which is basically marketing, right? So I'm like in this like party, mm-hmm. half of my degree was in fine art and film and how we think about film. We actually didn't do any productions in grad school. I went for like a very theory-based degree. And I was always kind of an outcast because I liked movies that were not like these arty, like hyper mm-hmm. um you know, indie films. I like my like favorite movies, Titanic. And I it's changed a little over the years. But at the time, that was the case. And I got a lot of slack for it. And it was something I wrestled with for a long time. And what I realized about myself and who I am is that I believe that good creativity thinks about the audience. You know, you can make art for art's sake and you can be creative for creative sake. And I love that. But if you are trying to say something, if you're trying to make a point, if you're trying to compel someone in any way, you cannot do that without the other person. You cannot do that without the audience. And I thought there's so much power in that and I want to kind of have that be the focus. And so I kind of owned that idea of mainstream, which is kind of a negative connotation on that's so mainstream as like a good thing and as a powerful thing. And that's kind of the way we work and how we think about our videos. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like we are kindred spirits, Beth, because I had the same experience going to college too. I was a quote unquote creative but I didn't identify as hipster or cool, you know, like like you said, like have that vibe. And so I always felt like a little bit of an outcast because I loved design and I loved creativity and advertising and all these things that I was studying. Mm-hmm. But from a cultural like community perspective, I was like, oh, I don't feel like I, I fit in, uh-huh. uh, which is why I feel like I also kind of ditched the route of going the traditional advertising agency career and like jumped into right. entrepreneurship. So <laughs> I'm kind of curious too to hear about what that turning point was like for you where you decided, hey, I'm actually going to branch off and start my own company. Have you always wanted to be a founder? Did it happen organically? Like like tell me about that experience. So it's funny because I always wanted to be my own boss. That I, I But I knew nothing about business. My entire life life's work. My my bachelor was a communications degree. My master's was a film theory degree and like visual culture. So fine art. I mean, not, we were not even in the same literal part of town as the business <laughs> school. Like that's how far away from business I was. 
But I did like to be in charge. I did like to be my own person. That was kind of, you know, the through line. But then I went, I, I needed actual production chops. So I, that's why I went to the network and worked at a television network for eight years. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to just think about video or film. I learned that in grad school. At one point, I did think maybe I'll be an academic and I'll just teach classes and write essays on films. And that did not suit me. I'm way, way, way too practical. I need to like get my hands in there. So I went to work and for a long time, I thought, you know, I, I didn't know what a owning a business or being my own boss would be because I had no business experience. And I was 22 when I kind of came up with this idea that I wanted to own a company and have it be called mainstream. And I knew that early on, but I didn't know what that meant. So, and I, like I said, I had a lot of learning to do. So I did that for, you know, the better part of a decade. And then the network that I worked for had changed directions and it was never really the content I wanted to produce. It was never, you know, it's funny. I worked in concerts the last three years, two, three years I was there and concerts. It's like, that's someone's dream job. We were doing Zach Brown band and Aerosmith and I got to go to Red Rocks and I don't even like to go to concerts like for fun. So it was like, that is just not my personality. So it was just not a fit and it was, okay, what am I going to do? And also the, the, the work we were producing at the time, it was filming a concert. It wasn't storytelling. It wasn't like shaping a message, which is what I do and what I'm about. Right. And that had happened. There was a merger. And so we were focused more on concerts at the end of my career. And so I started thinking about what it might look like to change companies or or, you know, just make a move of some kind. And some freelance work fell in my lap. So my dad is an entrepreneur, so I guess it's in my blood. He had he ran a fleet repair business. So it was not related at all to anything creative, but he'd been doing it. They just sold it a couple of years ago. So they've been doing it at that time for, you know, 28 years, 27 years. And he had a ton of contacts and they knew I was in video. So a couple of them reached out to me to do a couple different video projects. And I did a training video for a dynamite blasting company. So they would go into mines and, you know, blast them up and get whatever they were mining for. And they had a specific kind of truck that had to be calibrated in a certain way and they needed a video. And I had more fun doing that video project than I'd had like in the last couple of years at the network because I got to just figure out who was going to be for and how could we make this video and how can we segment it and make it something really good and compelling that people would watch. But it was a training video and it served a purpose. And that was awesome. And we had, uh, we did some training video or some recruiting videos for a football organization. And I was just having so much fun with that. So I thought I'd kind of gone as far as I could at the network. In the meantime, I, I teach public speaking and interpersonal communication at Metro State University in Denver. And that was always going to be like, I started that like the seed for owning my own business had happened and I was going to teach on the side. So I was like, I'll figure out when the timing's right to leave the network. I don't exactly know, uh, but I am going to keep teaching and that'll kind of be my fallback in terms of, you know, having some actual money to pay bills when I start my business. And we started doing festivals at the network. So we mm. they were wanting me to travel. And it's just funny, the divine timing of it. It was like these festivals, of course, it was like Jazz Fest and Stagecoach and I didn't want to go. I wanted, I needed to stay here and teach my class because it was never, you know, I taught like in the morning or in the evening, but it was still, I couldn't be gone for the whole week. Right. And so the timing, I got this freelance work. I really couldn't keep the teaching job. So it was like, well, did you want to do this or not? The universe yeah. was kind of saying. <laughs> so I went, I talked to my boss about it and he was fantastic. And then I kind of just, I think I resigned in February and then I actually left in June and I had zero business experience. So the the business part has been the biggest challenge for me. I can produce anything. You know, I'm very confident about that. I was confident at the time. I'm not afraid to sell. So I thought, and, and to be honest, those right. are two great things if you've got nothing else. But I had to learn a, a hard, you know, drinking from a fire hose is an understatement in terms of like figuring out, okay, what does my business look like? What am I actually selling? How am I reaching people? Which is kind of why I went into serving the B2B service-based people because I was teaching myself at the same time. So it's like, if I'm going to tell people they need to use video on their business, I need to be using video on my business. I need to prove how video is working in my business. I need to be doing it before they are. And so that's kind of what we've created and where we are now. Absolutely. It's so fascinating to me. And The interesting thing too, I feel like there's this saying when it comes to being a service-based business owner, the greatest service you can provide is helping people over the hill that you've already climbed or something like that. 
And I think that's so true too, because there's something about your experience and your story that people will relate to and trust, right? It's it's almost less skeptical to be someone who's like, oh, I've had this all figured out from the beginning mm-hmm. and I know exactly what I'm doing and you're doing totally. things wrong and you need to do it this way. And so just being like, hey, this was my experience in it. And I actually went through the trenches myself to figure this out and I've seen how it works and now you've implemented it in your clients' lives. So I think that's awesome. I couldn't agree more. I think it also makes you more confident and authentic in, in a not buzzworthy worthy kind of way. I remember when I first did a video project, and this was before I really started using video for my own business, and the stakes for this video to work for this company were so high in my eyes. I was like, this video has to make them a million dollars. They paid me. It was like $500 at the time. It was actually like, it was my first video, but it was just, these stakes were so high because I thought it needed to do so much. But having done my own videos and having seen what works and what doesn't work, it just makes it be like, well, here's what's going to happen. I can't, I don't know your exact journey, but I do know that marketing is very nuanced and your strategy is different than this person's strategy. And this is kind of, this I know is true. This I know will work. This is trial and error. And being able to speak to that from a place of it not meaning so much because it's like, I have to have it work or I have to have the answer. I don't have all the answers for video by any means, right. but I am far enough on the journey. I can show results from my, myself, from my clients. That makes me feel, you know, really confident and detached at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. Did you ever run into issues with clients when you're first starting out or even now thinking, okay, you're just going to be the person that produces the video for me and and have them say things like, oh, well, like they don't really care about the strategy part because I know that that's huge to you and your direction. You know what I'm saying? Like, because this is something that I've run into throughout a lot of my career. And especially when I was just focusing <laughs> solely on design, it people would hire me just to literally design something. But my passion, like my experience was so much more than that. And I felt so much more passionately about the work. I'm like, it's not just design. Like it's strategic. It's all of this stuff. Like, have you ever had experiences with that? Oh, my Oh my, I, that could be like a whole two hour podcast. <laughs> we tried every which way to get around that because it right. felt like it was leaving money on the table or not helping people. Right. Uh, th- now the first question I ask is like, what's the strategy? Who is, who is implementing these? When I give you a finished video, what are, how are we getting them to actually go to work for you? Because as much as I believe in video, as much as I think it's the most powerful thing in the world, it is useless if it is not on a channel that is somehow, you know, related to where your audience is going to be. I mean, even when I worked for the television network, I was in the production department. You know, we were in the entertainment department. We had the programming department and the marketing department and the ratings department. They were all figuring out that from, you know, 5 to 5.30, this is who we're talking to. This is who, what the show is about. This is where, why the show is going here. Here's how long the show needs to be. All of that was decided at a very like thought through level on a like very thought through level before we ever started filming anything. And so I dealt with that all the time. And it was it was really, like I said, really hard to kind of turn that away. But eventually, at the end of the day, the people that I want to work with are the people that I want to help. And if they're right. not going to understand that that strategy is what it's all about, then it's better to to move on because it's not going to be good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And I also have found too, it's like, well, how much you charge for something too definitely reflects that. Because if mm-hmm. someone was just looking to get a video done, that they could go find whatever freelance site or local right. <laughs> intern or whatever right. to actually make it for them. And so there's definitely something that speaks to really investing something that you investing in something that you believe you're going to get a return on in your business. Yes. So when it comes to video too, because you know, my audience is full of coaches and other creatives and service-based businesses. Let's talk through how valuable video is for them because I've seen at least, I don't know, it's interesting too, because you come from a very traditional background and we're Mm -hmm. in the age of social media and so Mm -hmm. many digital things now Mm -hmm. too. So it's funny as you're talking about things, I'm like, oh, like strategically, 
a lot of the video strategy has to do with going back to like ratings and showtime, like all uh-huh. of these other metrics and things that people probably don't even think about now because filming a video could be as easy as pulling out your iPhone and clicking like the record button on your camera. Is it though? I'm I don't know. <laughs> no. Well, so that's the thing. I uh, think I think a lot of people. That's a myth. That. I will. I will. Yes. So that's a, lot a of myth. Think that. So I would love for you to speak to that. So. I am very big on education just across the board because that's how I am. Back to, you know, you create what you want. I need to know everything about what I'm buying and how it relates to the market and what are the other options. And I don't think there is a lot of that in the video world. And I think I have a couple of just anecdotal theories. One is when I started in video in 2007, 2006, I I mean, cameras were $80,000. I mean, they were not, production houses were for the, you know, Fortune 500 companies, elite businesses. If you didn't have 20, 30 grand in 2007 to spend on a video, you weren't, that was not the marketing material that you were going to make. You know, fast forward, not that long, right. I mean, not, not that much time has gone by. I mean, 20 years is a lot of time, but in the scheme of things, we all have fancier cameras than that now in our pockets. So it is like this massive, you know, part of the technological revolution. But having now been, you know, I'm still sales first. That's kind of who I am. And that's the primary role in my business. Talking to as many people as I talk to business owners and from, you know, really big businesses to really small businesses, the technology is so much further along than people's understanding of the technology and people's ability to integrate the technology. And so, our goal is to really get people to think about video as a communication tool, first and foremost. And yes, it can be as easy as using your iPhone and turning it on. But that implies that you have something to say that's coherent and clear and directed on a certain channel for a certain audience. So that's a lot of questions that have to be answered before you push the record button. Okay, so let's say you have a very clear audience member, you have a very clear offering or something to say, and then you're super comfortable on camera. By all means, and you can just push record, and then you also are technologically savvy enough to know that you need to put that onto a Dropbox because the phone is not going to transfer that because there's too much digital information. You need to use like a hosting platform. And if you know all of that, and then you understand how the algorithm on TikTok or Instagram works to hashtag it correctly, the truth is that's a unicorn. In fact, we just met with a, speaking of coaches and consultants, somebody I've known for years, she basically just did that. And I was like, Mary, this is crazy because I saw her content coming out and I thought she must have been and this, we're... thought it through and hired an agency and all of that because that's my personal belief. And really she you know, did just push record. But she's also been in the business. She's also been in marketing and giving presentations and has a digital a marketing background. That's what she does for companies. She's a consultant for that. She gives keynote speeches. She has all of these things in play that made it possible for her to record herself. Most people aren't coming. Do you ski? I use the skiing analogy a lot. No. Okay. I grew up in the desert. I grew up in Las okay. Vegas. So well, I was a little behind on that. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I like to use this analogy because it's, it's so visceral with skiing. So skiing is dangerous. And when people, you know, it can be very dangerous. If you go to the black diamond and you try to get down without the fundamentals, it's going to be a disaster. It's not, you know, you, you have to go, you have to learn the steps and that's how it is with video too. So I think it's definitely possible to just grab a camera these days, but I think that there's a lot of other things that go into it. So we want to educate people to understand good messaging first and foremost, as it relates to your business and your digital marketing strategy, and then on-camera presence and what that piece is, then filming, then editing, all of those are these building blocks for great videos online. So we have a, a video marketing 101 course where we'll teach people how to DIY it. Absolutely, there's a place to like, like I said, it's a hundred percent possible for you to start a video strategy for your business today without spending a dollar. I will absolutely agree with that most of us need a little more support and a lot of us need a lot of support. And so where most of our clients come in are they want all the support. Like they know their business, they're not comfortable being on camera, but they want to use video because they know they need to use video. So how can we make their business look really good? How can we make it super easy for them? How can we just basically be like, show up, answer some questions, and we're going to get you a great video. So I would say 
we we definitely like the, and I, I think I told you it was you who kind of told me about the user-generated content, what's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for, uh, trend, if you will. We're all yes. about that, and I think that's great. And there's just not that many people that can really get a great strategy doing that without more support. So that's where we come in in some fashion. Yeah. Oh, there are so many things that I can say to that. First of all, I have a lot of my clients come to me with the problem that they're like, I'm posting every day on Instagram. I'm doing all the reels. I, I'm i trying this. I, I'm, I'm doing all the things that the business gurus are telling me to do, right? The marketing gurus out there. And it's just not working mm-hmm. and I feel stuck and I'm not able to get the clients I want or maybe they're trying to reach like the next level of their business or they feel like this evolution's coming in their branding. And it, it's what you said. I, I liken this to trying to ride a bicycle. Like, did you, yeah. do you remember like learning how to ride a bike? And for me, it was like, I, I, I couldn't get the, like, no matter how hard you pedal, if you're not balanced, right. you're going to fall off the bike over and over and over. And so you have to learn how to find your balance before you start pedaling harder. And that's what I teach people about branding and especially personal branding too, is if that if you don't have that figured out, you could pedal as fast as you want, but you're probably not going to get very far because of that strategic aspect, right? Because you don't have that clarity. And once you figure that out, like Beth, I tell you, my clients, they get the inspiration that they need to figure out what their message is and how to say it and how to show up and they're more confident in it. And you said earlier too, but like to sell, that's another issue that I I feel a lot of people, especially in the online business space have. And if they don't have that background is having trouble selling (laughs) and pitching themselves and their offer because especially if they're a personal brand, they don't want to come across as like too sleazy Mm -hmm. or over promote or things like that. So I, I totally agree with what okay. you're saying too on just having those fundamentals in place okay. before you're able to even share it in an effective way. Right. Well, you can't be everything, you know, and it's, I used to, it's funny, bring I used to get insulted when I first started my business that people would be like, so you're going to charge how much for a video? I can just do it on my iPhone. And now I, I look at the thing is, or I look at that kind of statement as you just don't know what you don't know. And it's right. not that, and some people can't, but I, that, you know, some people are great skiers the first time they go skiing. That's, or great. Some people maybe do ride a bike in the first yeah. 20 minutes of their bike lesson. Some people take three weeks, you know, it just, it totally depends on who you are and I, and what you're good at and what you're supposed to be doing and your kind of zone of genius. And I think a lot of digital marketers and people that sell marketing, make it seem like it's so easy. And it can be, but most of us are not good at every single thing. We need help and we need right. support from the experts. And we need to kind of stay in our lane or focus on the thing that makes us genius. And I think that that is really, you know, I, I think I run into a lot of people that don't necessarily like feel like if they don't DIY it, they're somehow incompetent. Or if they can't figure out how to have an amazing marketing strategy without help or without people helping them, then they aren't good enough. And I think it's just the opposite. I think it's like, no, no, we all need to like bring in people and good companies have a ton of support. Right, right. What do you do for your clients or or inquiries that come to you with, you know, wanting video help? How do you help them diagnose the problem, right? Or what's not working? For like if they have videos or if they haven't used video? Either if they have videos or maybe people think that they have the strategy. Uh-huh. Like how are you able to to guide them and and identifying where it is? Because I'm even thinking for myself, okay, like I, I have a few videos on my website. I have videos on my social media, like in a few different places. And so like what's an easy way for us to identify areas of improvement? So one of the things that I always tell my clients is where is the bottleneck in your communication? Because, okay, so let's take you, for example, yeah. you have a beautiful Instagram, you have a podcast channel, yeah. you probably have a landing page for certain yeah. offers. Every single thing that you have could include a video. You send out marketing emails, you could put an email in every single marketing email that you send out. And again, if you spread yourself too thin, you're not going to really see what totally works. My strategy tends to be a little more like, let's just make a million videos and see what works. And the the truly the right way to do it is to make sure you see what works. So where there's a bottleneck in communication. So if you are having the same 
conversation over and over and you're saying the literal same things, that is a place to start with video. Or if you have a video to look at how that video is performing. So what I mean by performing is how many views are getting it or what is the length that people are watching it. So let's say that you have a sales page that is for your one-to-one -one branding. And so on that sales page, you can include a video and then you can track the conversions of the sales page, which may or may not have to do with the video, could have to do with the copywriting. There's a lot right. of different variables that go into it, the, the design, all of it. But if you use a, a platform like Vidyard or Wistia, we use uh, Vidyard in our emails, you can see in real time, are people watching the video? How long are people watching the video? And that's gonna give you data to see, you know, what tweaks you can make to it. So I'll give you an example of a video that we've used. So our process for working with clients is really dialed in. It's kind of our secret sauce. I kind of talked about the people that need help with like the whole thing, the scripting, the mm -hmm. shooting, the editing. Most of our clients come to us, they're an established business, they have a budget. You know, we have a fair, I, I talk to a ton of new people that are brand new, but really if you're gonna spend money on video, you need to be a little further along in terms right. of, of finances and messaging and know what your offers are, knowing what you sell, because that's, you know, how we're gonna just put gasoline all over those strategies. So we have a really great process. We take people through the storyboarding and it's really, really smooth. And once people understand that, oh, that's what you do. Oh, that's so different than this other company I talked to. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. I'm saying the same thing over and over when I'm having a sales call. I'm telling them, okay, so we start here and we go here and then we have this meeting. I'm saying it over and over. I'm hearing that aha on the other end of this real human that's a great spot for a video. So we started, I was like, I need to get this in a video form. I need to be able to just send that to people so I don't have to keep explaining it or that people, like I'm anticipating that question from people now. So we put it in an email. So anytime I would have like a new lead or somebody that was interested in video, I would send that to them. So it was probably a four to five minute video because we thought like, let's give them all of the stuff about what yeah. we do in our video. And it most people watched it. And that helped a bunch, but they were watching it about halfway through. It was a little long, so we chopped it and made mm -hmm. it shorter. Now, most of our people like watch that to the, you know, 80%, almost the entire video. I can see that and then I can track their next meeting, like comes quicker and it's happening faster. So it's really looking at, again, going back to that bottleneck in communication, video is not the time to say something brand new. I mean, it can be. It definitely can mm -hmm. be like, oh, I just had this great thought. I want you to you know, my audience to hear about it. But I think where video is the most powerful, it's when it's like, I have said this thing so many times, it's resonating. If I could just say it to 150 more people, that would make a huge impact. That's now let's record that video. Because otherwise you're running into, you know, maybe that's not as strong of a message as it should be, or maybe it's not on the right platform. But for most people, if you've been in business even a year, you have a success or two in terms of like one of your processes of sales and marketing. That's, and if you just thought, if I could just do more of that one thing, that's a great place to start with video and tweak it and make it work for you. The other place that we did it for us was in testimonials. So we created testimonials for like our clients that had done video work with us and I include them in our proposals. Video testimonials? Video or? testimonials. Like here's what some yeah. of our clients have said about working with us. Right. Not only has that been, like that just seals the deal. Like that just, you know, you're, you're giving that social proof. They're hearing it from somebody else. If they're already to that phase in the buyer's journey, and this is just for us, because those were the two bottlenecks. Like I knew mm -hmm. in our company, Man, when I tell our process and how we're different from other video companies, they they realize this is the solution for me. I want to work with them. And then when I show them, look at all these people that think we're awesome, who, who we have worked with. I'm not just saying it. They're really here. It just, it, it took my sales cycle from nine months to six months. And then with the tweaking of the time, it's more like three months. So those little things make a huge difference. But again, you have to study and you have to know what is your strategy, which parts are really working, and then recording video to put gasoline on it. Right. Oh, you speak so much to the importance of data and knowing your numbers. And I think that's something that every business owner slash CEO slash solopreneur should know. 100%. It's so true because it validates a lot of things. And it for me, I found out too – 
like let's say for example i run a campaign or promotion or i'm trying to like push people to a certain offer sometimes i think it's easy to get in the mindset of like oh this isn't working people don't like it whatever but it's like well look at your sales funnel is there a point to the process that people are getting to maybe people are getting to your landing page and they like it and they go to fill out the form and then there's just a question they don't want to answer or something like that like it's just so valuable to know what people are doing uh-huh. and and i just i released a podcast episode about this last week but it just detaching from the outcome sometimes and really having to be experimental be open to testing and trying because the thing about a strategy too someone i interviewed a few weeks ago had said this is a strategy is a very very educated guess a strategy is like a first step it is nothing final about a strategy no not (laughs) at all and i think there's a misconception there of like oh this is gonna 100 percent work and that's not necessarily true so you have to once you create the strategy and you implement it that it's not over there. You it's not even like testing and trying. I think I've recently just somebody who just started a business was like, do you have any advice? And I was like, um, yeah, most of what you do is not going to work. Like, and I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm saying that to like free you like you. But yeah. until you know, it, like it not working, something not going the way you thought it was going to go is incredibly valuable. It's giving you the information to get to the next port. You cannot get to that next port it's like a scavenger hunt. Like until you find this thing, you right. don't know how to get to this thing. So I totally agree. It's really fluid. And I want to ask you a question. Do you, because I've been mm-hmm. thinking about this since we're both uh, creative and obviously value like story and art. Yeah. I'm starting to think though that marketing and sales is like maybe 60% science and 40% art and creative, maybe more. Like it's way more science and numbers and like facts than it is the creative. Is that crazy? I Oh, that's such a good question. I've never thought about this before. And it's funny too, because if you would have asked me this maybe 10 years ago, I would have been like, it's all creative just because that was my perspective. And it is so important too. Like I was just talking to someone the other day about Facebook ads and your ad creative is like critical because that's what people see. Mm -hmm. But I mean, on a broader scale, I would say marketing in itself is largely data driven. Mm-hmm. You have to know who you're talking mm-hmm. to. You have to know what is working and what's not. And like you said, in order to really scale, you need to see what people are resonating with. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that information, then you could throw all the money that you mm-hmm. want to at ads. They could be the most beautiful thing mm-hmm. in exactly. the world. But it, you know, the, it is an art and a science together. It's I would say probably 50-50, but I see I see what you're where you're coming at sure. because you need you need to know, but then you also need to be able to communicate it, which is where I think the creative part comes in. Yeah. Um through your words, through your visuals, through emotion, all of those things, especially on video, right? Like your presence is another part of that that comes through. 100%. So it's like this dance, but I feel like the first step it, it all ties back to that strategy, knowing your numbers, knowing your goal, mm-hmm. like knowing what you're trying to accomplish at least mm-hmm. so that you can then create something to the best of your ability mm-hmm. and just test it and see where it goes. Yeah. Because I, I, I've been thinking about it more because I, I was so like, let's just tell, you know, tell your story. And it's some stories resonate, some stories don't. Where is it? What landing page is it on? How are they getting to the landing page? Where did they come from? What is that? All of that stuff is so crucial to having good creative mm-hmm. that it's like, then that's the thing you can control. I guess my controlling personality is like focus on that and then like right. let the fun creative stuff happen. But if you can focus on the the measuring and getting that information, that's going to inform all that beautiful, creative, artistic I agree. And you're totally right. It it should be fun. Yes. Like that, like the hard part should be over before you start creating. And I oftentimes see people do this backwards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was talking to someone the other day and she's like, what what do you think is the most important branding piece someone would need like just starting out? Like what's the first step? And like, you know what? It's funny. People think it's a logo and they think it's like a website or something like, like visual. You definitely think right? it's a logo. Yeah. <laughs> and 
That's not true. Never. It all goes back to your foundation. It goes back to, like you said, I think a brand story can be one of the most powerful things, uh -huh. but there is an art and a science to it. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. If you just share your story, sometimes like you forget to include the person that you're talking to right. or like the reason behind why you're sharing your story, even though it could be a compelling story. Like there's this strategy, like, right? Like this art and the science is and there's, that's been proven. Totally. It's proven. It's proven. And there's and one of the things that we always talked about in grad school is the medium is the message. So like where your where your art is is equally as important as the art. Not we're deciding on if it's 50, 50 or 60, 40 or what have you. But right. And I always, I, I make this quote from Lauren Michaels from Saturday Night Live. He said that he loved that you couldn't cuss on network television because creativity needs boundaries. And mm. I told like, it's the same thing. Like you, if you came, if you just started like coming up with ideas for logos without knowing your mission, your vision, your strategy, yeah. your, what you sell, you would come up with something cool, but if you started thinking about your logo after those had been answered, it's going to be both. It's going to be cool and really help serve the purpose that it's set out to serve. Right. I totally agree. And I think this just speaks to the point of being patient with some of the things too. I know I have a lot of people in my audience that are newer, I would say, within a year of starting a business and realizing that sometimes things take time uh -huh. and want to have everything perfect right after the get-go. Uh -huh. But this, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're, you're seeing how important it is to really just put things out there and see what happens. Sure. And that's how you're going to be able to make really informed decisions to know, okay, Maybe now is the time that I'm really going to go full force in brand development because I know like this is the direction that I want to go down or I have okay. this vision or maybe, you know, invest in a video or something uh -huh. like that. Like uh -huh. this, this offer is really great and I'm going, I want to improve my sales page for it. Uh -huh. So I'm going to start testing things out and adding it, but, but you won't get to that point unless right. you, you take the path to get there, right? And like we said, with like a sales page, there's a million variables on a sales page. You know, we had a we have a sales page for a lead magnet and we tried so many different things. And then we put like the video above the fold and that changed so much. But without right. having, but also we had spent so much time getting to this offer. We had tried several different versions of this offer. So we dialed in the offer. We knew the offer was good. Then, because we like, when I anecdotally would tell it to people or see people be like, hey, do you want to come to this event? They would jump on it. But then how do we get a landing page to convert? That's a whole different thing, right? They're going to see something and what's going to compel them and studying it. And, you know, you can't have 77 variables. You've got to test one to get where you're going. And so I think that definitely makes a big difference on getting branding and getting videos and getting creative that actually serves the purpose. I'm all for it art for art's sake. Like, I want to mm -hmm. be clear on that. Like, I I think, you know, especially, you know, when you're making something, I think a lot of really good art doesn't maybe have an intention. But for us in business mm -hmm. who are trying to get to a specific objective and goal, it's really important to, to put that up front and then let the rest happen. I totally agree. And I think it's important to note, too, that goals can shift over time, yes. too. Oh, and yes. it's you could be going full steam ahead on one thing, and then maybe something happens, you have a perspective shift, you realize something else. We evolved. And you change course. And so just having that adaptability and flexibility in as a business owner as well is so important. And I, I was going to say this, too, when we were on the topic of testing and trying things out. I think that social media is actually a really great place to test out some video mm -hmm. concepts mm -hmm. or messaging or things mm -hmm. before you actually go and invest money in a professional video for your website or something mm -hmm. like that because it gives such easy, instant feedback right. into what's resonating totally. with your audience. Totally agree with that. And I do. You know, I think, you know, a lot of the first videos that we did for mainstream were very budget friendly and very you know, let's get some stuff out. And yes. and an iPhone is a great way to create a video. And we have, you know, our Video Marketing 101 course helps people to do that. And a lot of our uh, students for that course end up using us for bigger stuff after they've created a bunch of DIY stuff. And those are the most successful people because like you said, you actually are coming, when you're, when you're getting to that point of hiring professionals, you know what works. And so now you're just polishing the stuff that's really good versus 
not knowing what works and polishing it all. Right. And oh, that's such an important point, not hiring you to fix a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was talking to a, a social media manager on the podcast a few episodes ago, and she's like, the biggest mistake that you can do is hire us thinking that we'll fix something that's not working in your business. Mm -hmm. Because with social media, it's really like amplifying your message. Right. And this, the same thing is with video, too. So it's important yes, yes, to yes. figure out what that is and what works. And there are a lot of, I think, simple and free ways to do that mm -hmm. if someone's at that stage mm -hmm. to be able to really test it. Another thing, too, just speaking on like testing messaging is I've played around with some ads a little bit. And you really don't have to put that much money behind an ad mm -hmm. to see what's getting clicked. Mm -hmm. so you, you could even do like $5 a day. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> and so that's a helpful thing if, if you're unsure of uh, who maybe you don't have a large audience. Mm -hmm. I think creating a Facebook or Instagram ad and just putting $20 behind it or something just to see if anything is getting clicks or is interesting to people is also a helpful way to learn, you know, what messaging is sticking. Yeah. And I would add to that, you know, as you were talking about any, any, I keep going back to this, you know, what are your successes and what is working in terms of your branding and your sales? Mm -hmm. There's very rarely a person in business, even if you've been in business for a month, that doesn't have some sort of success, some sort of background, something they know to be true. You know, you're typically right. not going into a bit. If you go from, you know, zero to starting a business, then you probably can teach us all stuff. But, you know, most people have some sort of unique experience that's making them capable or worth listening to. And it's that sort of thing that you want to find. And for, for me, I want my audience to know and yours too that you know it's not so much over here the stuff you haven't figured out it's those nuggets you have figured out you know mm -hmm. that's kind of the place that you can and now not to say that that you figured out branding and marketing around those nuggets that you figured out that's right. still something that's very much in flux going back to our science and kind of testing things but there's an area of expertise that you have or a, a message that you know works and that's the place to kind of, at least in my opinion, start putting that out somehow, getting that out somehow, and then build on that and then build on that. That's the kind of kicker, I think. It's so true. Beth, I'm curious, how did you discover what that was for yourself? There's been like so many iterations as far as, right. you know, for me, when I first started in business, it was, I know how to spend your money. Like that was my, mm -hmm. like I have worked in production and I had worked I'd had eight years now in the production or in the t network business and we would have budgets that were huge and we would have budgets that were nothing. And I was really, really good. One of the best, like I produced a ton of content for the network and I was really good at getting things done and getting stuff produced. So kind of some of the first lead magnets or things I tried was about being a smart video buyer. And I'll tell you that method, be a smart video buyer, didn't really resonate. It re mm -hmm. The message resonated from the standpoint of like, yeah, I want to make sure I have an ROI and I want to have a, but like smart buyer was like a piece of copy that didn't make a ton of sense. But at first it was that like I, and I still think that's one of mainstream's biggest differentiators. I would be yeah. like, what's your budget? What's like, I, I will work better with your budget than any company in town, maybe in the nation. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the nation, but I feel really strongly about our ability to be super resourceful and value for the dollar. So that was my, the one thing I had, I didn't have any marketing experience. I didn't have mm -hmm. any business experience. I didn't know how videos worked in business, but I knew that if you told me I have 30, you know, $500, here's who I'd hire. Here's how I do it. Here's how you can get a video that you can put on your webpage. And that, that was the first piece that I built on. And then from now, you know, what, like I said, now we have dialed in this process. I didn't have that process that I, the storyboarding process at the beginning of my company that took many iterations of being like, okay, we didn't understand this totally from the client. We could have understood that if we did this. And now let's create this process and that process every step of the way. Now we have this super valuable process that I know is worth as much as anything else that you're buying in terms of video is like the design and the customer service and that piece. So now that's what it is for us. And just in general, kind of our breadth of work and all the things that we have done, that's our differentiator. So it's changed to answer your question. It's changed, but, but there's always, mm -hmm. I think, a piece today 
And that's what you want to focus on. And I think for us too, one of the things, like I just, we just onboarded a client this morning and I said, you know, we're trying to get video. We've started moving, especially with our marketing people that don't have a hard deadline. Let's get this done in six weeks because you're going to evolve. How you think about your message is going to change and that's very natural, but let's get this video out and working and giving you information and it's going to make an impact. It's also going to give you information. So let's get it done. Let's get it moving. And I think that's the the path of least resistance is another thing that I've been trying to, to preach is whatever's going to get you to actually get a video online, that's the direction you want to go. What's going to make you put something up? Even that UGC, if that's going to get a video online and it's going to get you talking to your audience, that's valuable. You're going to, it might not get a ton of clicks. It might not get a ton of views, but you went over the hump of pushing record and saying your message and that's valuable. I agree so much. Oh, that's so good. The interesting thing too is I feel like people, at least first starting out, prioritize investing in professional photography Mm -hmm. rather than investing in professional videography. Granted, (laughs) photography is a lot of times cheaper for a photo shoot versus a video shoot. Um, But I would love for just to hear what your opinion or perspective is on why video is so important or maybe the differences you know someone's like okay well I have some really great photos like what's the difference here I think beyond just like showing up on camera but like what have have you seen throughout your career that um or in your clients experiences that kind of share more of the value of video rather than sharing photos one thing I love to say is if a picture (laughs) speaks a thousand words a video speaks a hundred thousand words and mm-hmm. to kind of get some like statistics behind that, when I first started teaching communication classes in 2006, we were saying that at least 70% of communication is nonverbal. Now studies are saying it's more like 90% of communication is nonverbal. So that means that the words and kind of the static message is not necessarily where meaning is generated. And I think we know this anecdotally because you know if you can get, you know, especially for your bigger clients face to face with them, you're going to be able to show them who you are. They're going to be able to experience you. Video is the next best thing. You know, there's just so much more power in you showing up and talking to a person than your photo on a flyer. There's just, there's there's no arguing that. Now, one is more of a lift, especially if you have to go be in mm-hmm. person and, and there's a big argument to be made that that's really inefficient. Whereas printing 100 flyers with your photo or having a web page with your photo is is much faster and agreed. So you're just kind of taking that efficiency piece and you're combining it with that nonverbal and that ability to show and tell. So instead of just talking about how you design really great brands for a company, you're actually B-rolling it and you're seeing five Mm -hmm. different logos that you've created in six web web pages while you, Jesse, is on camera talking about it. So you're showing and telling and compelling people. There's statistics on statistics about, you know, the the amount of Amazon products that have a video component, how much more they sell based on, oh, I see how this thing works. That's done versus not having that piece. Especially in services, service-based businesses, people want to know what that experience with someone is going to be like, which is why in that sales culture, it's let's get that meeting in person. Video is not in person, but it is the next best thing. You're not going to get tone of voice in a picture. You're not going to get a general feeling and gestures and that essence and that soul of somebody. You're just not going to get it Mm -hmm. in a photo, period. You can get it in a video. And that video, I've got a video right now that I sent to people this morning that they're watching and I'm here with you. So it's just, it's so much more efficient and effective in that way too. That's why I would say photos are great. I'm not arguing for against photos, but think of what a video can do. Totally. And at least for me, I'm just seeing how important it is in help warming up leads. Like you said, it's reduced your (laughs) inquiry to like booking a client time by months. Yes. Yes. And so I'm feeling so inspired to go like, film some videos for my email sequence and just get more personal because that's really what it's all about, right? right? And there's a lot of different, you know, one of the ways that we do, you can do very personal emails like that vidyard that I talked about. You can, instead of a voice message, instead of leaving a voicemail, do a quick vidyard and then, hey, great to talk to you today. Instead of saying that in the email, copy-wise, say that verbally with your nonverbals, with all of that. And of course, I think people, the next question they're going to have is, well, then I have to have makeup on and sure, then Schedule it. Get a batch of videos yeah. done one morning. Um, the way we met was through an online program, and I was just yep. telling someone I'd never met that. Pro- I, that was a high-end program. I never have met her. I've never seen her in right. person. 
she she connected with me and made a sale without ever having got in the room with me and video was a great big part of big part of that a big 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 part of it i mean if i had just experienced her content through podcasts and through Mm -hmm. her um but it was seeing her on trips it was seeing her talk to us it was seeing her expertise her giving us value constantly that makes i mean she's amazing at what she does but her marketing is on another level as well i guess far right as I feel like I know her. I mean, she doesn't know us, but I feel like I could, like, that's what she was able to create with that, with thousands of us, probably at this point, tens of mm-hmm. thousands of us. It's, it's so true. It's that no like, and trust factor. Yes. It's, thank you. It's the personal <laughs> brand as well. That's why I'm such a big, like, I shout it from the rooftops. It's so important because people like to buy from people that they feel like they know. Especially when it's a high ticket offer, especially Especially then. And those are sometimes like the best leveraged offers out there and just the the most practical and and the clients that are really going to trust you the most, respect you the most, like all of those, all of those things. And the way you built trust, like you just said, or I think maybe I was listening earlier in your podcast, like you build trust through giving value by showing Mm -hmm. your expertise, by inspiring people. Those are all great video ideas. And anything that you're doing, any way you're communicating online, I would argue video would be an important component of that. And what's the thing that you just have a bottleneck on now? That's kind of, that's why, that's the perfect place to start because you know those messages are resonating. Right. And it it, it takes time. It takes time. You kind of have to do it to then perfect your craft. Exactly. And, uh, be more comfortable with it. And isn't that true with everything in life, though? You know, no it's substitution just... for practice. No. no. Now, there really is. There's unicorns. There are. But I think it's that doesn't always serve us to like think of that one person that is like able to do this. You know, it's most of us are can do anything if we practice and, and focus and know what it is we're after. And put the time and commitment into it, which isn't as sexy of a marketing message as like in these three steps, you'll make a quadrillion dollars, you know. Uh, but it's the relatable one. It's the, and it's that's the true what one. we're all about mm-hmm. here. And if you're really <laughs> building that like trust factor, that's the truth. Like I can't tell you that video is going to be easy. I can tell you it's going to be super effective. And I can tell you that you will get better with it the more you do it. And you'll be more comfortable and confident the more you do it. That I will say all day and night won't the first couple are going to be hard to watch for most of us you know what it's it's true with everyone i think about like some popular youtubers where if you Mm -hmm. go back and you watch their first video they were that stuff not that great yeah i love when people have that up there too it just shows the journey and shows the process it makes it more Uh authentic in a way to see oh you know they didn't just start off being this mega superstar Mm -hmm. on youtube Mm -hmm. they they and and you know results are totally relative so like they may have gotten awesome results at the time they're not you know they didn't jump to the end or where they're at now and i think you know i think that's kind of I want to still inspire people and say, like, you can get great stuff happening. You can feel really good about stuff and still look back on it three years later and be like, oh, you know, <laughs> right. it's part of the journey. It's like looking at pictures of us when we were in high school or junior high. You know, it's <laughs> there's that just like, oh, my gosh, I've come a very long way. <laughs> right. It's You know, sometimes those moments are great. It makes yeah. you feel really good about exactly about where you're heading yep. and, and what you've done. Right. Totally. Oh, well, Beth, this has been such an amazing conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but (laughs) it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. I would love for you to tell everyone where they can find you, learn more about you and your company. And I believe you also have a free resource that people can snag if they want as well. Yes. So we mainstreamvideoproduction.com backslash blog, we have a video, every week we put out a video about video. So all of these topics we've answered and talked about and gone in depth on DIY, how to hire crews, all of that free resource. And we also have a free mini course called uh, three videos to save time and make money. Anyway, it's a seven minute mini course. And it's really kind of answering your question from an hour ago or when we first started, that is where where do you start? How do you think about video impacting your business or making it better? And these are kind of the three messages that have been part of persuasion and sales and everything for the history of time. And it's just kind of how we think about 
those three, their ethos, pathos, and logos from Aristotle. And it's basically okay. appeal to emotions, appeal to logic, and appeal to credibility. And how do you utilize those with video? And that's what the course kind of goes into. It's really, it sounds, I've made it more complicated than it sounds. So people can pick that up. It's on the website as well. So mainstreamvideoproduction.com is the, the best place to find us. Amazing. I will include the link in the show notes for everyone listening. And of course, I'm going to go head over and download <laughs> that now because I'm feeling so inspired. Good, good, good. To just record videos. <laughs> good. I so, hope that you're inspired yeah. to record videos. I know. And I know you have. I've seen some and you do a great I job. I have. Yes. I know. But it, like you said, it definitely takes effort, but it just, it's so worth it. It's so worth and, it. As is true with everything in business, mm-hmm. right? Like it takes effort. But it's so worth it's it. It's not. It's it's like cleaning the kitchen. I I don't know why that analogy works for me. It's like you got to just do it, and then it's lovely. But you're not gonna get or going to the gym. You can't be strong without doing the push-ups. Mm-hmm. There's just not. There's just not how it works. And if you can find a way to like enjoy the push-ups and enjoy the cleaning of the kitchen and yep. enjoy getting on camera and having fun with it, that's the key. That totally is. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Beth. I appreciate thank it. You I'm for sure we'll be in me. touch soon and i can't wait to share this with everyone and hear what they all think so thanks again thank you all right sounds good (laughs) that concludes today's episode thank you again so much for being here following along and supporting the podcast if you enjoyed this episode and found it insightful or helpful i would love it if you would give this podcast a five-star rating I know I say this time and time again, but it really helps get this podcast out there to those that need it most. So if you could just take two seconds to do that, I would really, really appreciate it. And other than that, if you have any other ideas or questions or topics that you would like me to discuss on this podcast, I would love to hear it from you. So there is a link in the show notes for you to request a topic, ask a question, or recommend a guest expert to come onto the show. And of course, my DMs are always open. My email is always open. I would love to connect with you and help you in any way possible. So like I said, everything is in the show notes for you there. And with that said, thank you so much again for being here. I hope you have a lovely week and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.